Welcome to Podscure. Welcome, 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 friends, to another episode of Podscure. Don, how you living? Um, moderately, <laughs> mediocrely. Well, that's as I suppose as you should. We uh, we have a guest today, um, and someone so, wants to talk to us. <laughs> surprisingly enough, uh, I, I think I've I've duped I've duped her. So uh, she's uh, but she showed up anyway. So <laughs> I've actually turned the sound on the sound down on my phone oh, so it doesn't bother us. Good idea. Time. So uh, let, let me let me do a little introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, those beyond the binary, today on Podscure, former burlesque dancer, current voice artist, author, and podcaster, Moxie LaBouche. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) I'm not from around here. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You're you're not from around here, but where are you from? I mean, if you'd like to. Yeah, I'm outside of Richmond, Virginia, right in the middle of the East Coast. Very nice. So... Before we get going and, and chatting, I would, uh, and well, as we're waiting for Don to come back now, <laughs> uh, Don is also often hitting buttons that he shouldn't hit, and then he ends up kicking himself out. But in any case, I, put, I, would, I, I would push all kinds of buttons. <laughs> I blame the UI. <laughs> I, I would like, I would like, if you could, because uh, I like to do this right up at the top, all your plugs that you would like, everything that you would like to plug right off the bat. Uh, for your weekly half hour of things you never knew you never knew, check out Your Brain on Facts, available on all podcast players and at yourbrainonfacts.com. Be sure you check out the associated book, Your Brain on Facts, from your local bookseller. And need this voice on your business? Uh, social media, phone menu, ads, radio, TV, e-learning courses. I also do voiceovers, which you can check out at moxielabouche.com. Just get as close as you can on the spelling and Google will take it from there. <laughs> I've just decided who I want to narrate my life. <laughs> I'm not a bad choice. In the same way, it must be said that uh, my personal choice for a biography narrator would be Stephen Fry. Ooh, because he's yeah. the sort of person who you might hear say indefatigably and motherfucker <laughs> in the same sentence. Yes. And it'll sound like honey in your ear hole the whole time. Yep. Better to be sexy and racy than sexist and racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from him. Fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could be Morgan Freeman as well. I mean, I, that's, that's always and, a good but one. But everybody uh, says that. But yeah. And you yeah. can't choose that. You can't yeah. choose but him. You, and you can't Morgan choose Morgan Freeman. And what you, else? You get Sam you Elliott. If you can't take Morgan oh, Freeman, yeah. Sam Elliott's a close second. That's and, it. and if you are a man who can sound like Sam Elliott right now in voiceover, <laughs> you can pretty much write your own check. Really? Yeah, his oh, is yeah. the celebrity name I see most often when people are looking for a style or an outright impression of oh, Sam Elliott. Interesting. Well, yeah. I've got the depth, I think. I just don't have the quality. <laughs> I mean, because I can the say... Dusty, that dusty yeah, trail that sort of cowboy sound. You know. <laughs> I mean, I got none of it. I mean, I know, I know Don okay has seen, uh, uh, um, uh, Big Lebowski eight jillion times, you know, and Sam and, his, well and, and his 10 gallon hat. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, I, Sam is, yeah, he is a, uh, he is I a like gem style, of a voice. Dude. <laughs> I like your style, dude. Um, well, that was it right there. 
Like, exactly. I, I can, if I wasn't here doing this live, I would have thought you snuck that in and post. <laughs> Not a word of a lie. Uh, I, you know, because uh, I do want to talk to you about voiceover work, because that is something that I am very personally interested in getting involved in. Ah. Um, and I, I, I really, after, and I don't know if you listen to him or watch his YouTube at all, um, Booth Junkie, uh, John Delgadio. Oh, yes. Yes. He has a beautiful voice. It's silky. <laughs> just watching his videos, I, mean, I, I, I will get caught up in just how good his voice is, even if he's, you know, doing, you know, talking about building his uh, his whisper room or whatever it, whatever it happens to be. Oh, yeah. He, he steered me away from a lot of expensive stuff I did not need to put on my credit card mm. when I got started. That's how I ended up with Reaper as my doll. So <laughs> I only I only left uh, Team Audacity recently and uh, i still use it for multi-track because i prefer it uh, for multi-track over uh, adobe audition which is now my daw of record all right yeah because I, I did want to ask you about your or gear daw of record I just <laughs> damn it that was the most clever thing i've said all day <laughs> that tells you that tells you where the bar is well it's still early it, it it's it's very low for me <laughs> Well, see, I have three hours less time to be clever in than you do. So, yeah, but oh. you do it better. So it's oh. it's more about you know, if oh, it, sure. as as Wayne would say, if you could be one thing, you should be efficient. Be efficient. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, we were definitely not rewatching the Letter Kenny for the eighth time before I came up here. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Kiso, call me. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, we we have a very good friend. She is uh, one of the uh, moderators of this the Letterkenny subreddit, uh, and has number of times said, uh, Kiso, step on my throat. Uh. <laughs> That's like John Oliver and his obsession with Adam Driver. Oh, oh that's so weird. <laughs> it is, and Adam he Driver is... would like him to stop and or explain it. And he's like, mm. I just, he's not an attractive man. <laughs> he's He looks like a human version of one of those bald cats. Except for he's crooked. Like everything about well, him is just, well, most cats are crooked too. I mean, they're he, crooked. He, was, he, was, he grew up on a hill. <laughs> He's slanted left or right or front or back. Who knows? I don't mind a little slant. I can even handle a little curve. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So uh, what what type of, uh, so I want to ask you about your gear. Uh, just kind of get mm -hmm. some of the, the yeah. sausage making stuff out of the way. Because I, uh, so you're using Audition or Audacity, kind of yeah. going back and forth between the, it sounds like, and so what's your, what's your hardware? The, the computer, Your, yes. my a, ham, a hand-me-down laptop, a uh, Rode NT1, uh, not the 1A, which I made a mistake and accidentally bought first because I didn't notice the difference. Uh, the 1A is very sibilant for female voices, making you very hissy, and uh, I don't need the help there. Right. Um, do not need something maybe more <laughs> sibilant. Um, and that goes into a, a good old Scarlet 2i2 oh, okay. uh, interface. That's not bad. So you have a, like a, I mean, I see, I see your, your background there. Is that, you have like a whisper room set up or? You... I actually, I built a booth with uh, rock wool. So with mineral wool and I've got a crinkly, scrunchy black fabric on the inside and on the outside, it is glitter because this is in the corner of my bedroom and i i was a burlesque dancer for seven years you can take the girl out of burlesque you can't take burlesque out of the girl and while we're getting into the nitty-gritty of audio apologies to the audience that i was moving around a glass full of ice cubes a minute ago but coincidentally i seem to have invented a new beverage for this occasion it was a uh, mocha pot espresso one of those little stovetop italian jobbers mm -hmm. a brown sugar a little bit of brown sugar cinnamon syrup uh in oat milk so you've got a Right now, a Starbucks shaken espresso, but I put rum in it. 
I don't know what we'll call it. It's sort of like, you know, letting your new pet run around the house for a few days before you give them a name. We'll see what I think by the end of it. <laughs> All right. But it, it works. Oh, and, it, and it was a good dark roast coffee from a local roaster. The, uh, I think you should call it the Travolta. <laughs> because it's and here's, secretly and here, gay? Or? No, because... That's Tom, because Cruise. It's, it's, it's a... Don't get me started. <laughs> I'll, I'll digress. Um, because it's, it's, it's a specific drink for this episode that you have created and everything, every movie that, that, uh, um, JT has been in, uh, he has had a specific dance for, so. All right. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Well, um, it, it was a long trip, but we went there together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll learn that. I I mean, you'll, you'll figure out that I, our, it was, where, it was where's Don going? Was, Nobody it, knows. It a, <laughs> this is why so we don't have it rails. It wasn't a tangent as much as it was like a nice little loop on the side, a little decorative accent. There you go. We, we did come back to where we started, but we went on this nice little sightseeing trip first. Yep. That's what, that's what this is all about. Whereas it? mine tend to branch off. And then I have to ask people, the hell was I talking about two minutes so, ago? So how many of us here have ADHD? Uh, one assumes. <laughs> so, one assumes. I, 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 I also, I, but I have a better excuse than most um, for the rare occasions when I'm the slightest bit unreliable. Uh, I have been struck by lightning, so it's the best excuse for a blonde moment ever. And I have found <laughs> that people's expectations really settle right on down after you tell them you've been struck by lightning. They, they ask for much, much less. People ask me how often I get electrocuted because I'm an electric, (laughs) electric, electrician. And, uh, you know, it's, um, my question to them is you mean today or this week? (laughs) Well, see, I'm the, uh, I'm trying to train myself out of being a hardcore grammar prescriptivist. And I would be like, it's not electrocuted unless you died from it. (laughs) But I know that that's people, like, people who have to deal with with two forty. You know, don't want to. They don't need my pedantry right now. Um, Dawn of the Dead Two is my name for this episode. <laughs> so I could be dead. I don't know. This could be the. This could be my life flashing before my eyes. After it could be. I it could be like a uh, number of things. Like uh, Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense. You were dead, but you still got up and went to work. Oh God, that's probably something. That's some shit uh, that I would probably fucking do. So that's. So <laughs> so we've described hell now. I mean, I've been working at the same place for over 25 years now, so it's... Uh, I just left retail last year. Oh, boy. So don't tell... Don't come at me about going back to work <laughs> as hell. Yeah, I, I, I deal I deal with payroll and, um, you know, it's... Nobody's happy when they call. No, not so much. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's yeah. I mean, uh, for a company money. who pr- who produces thirty three percent of all the checks in the United States, uh, it's it's yeah. We get we get a Do lot. Do they of, need any voiceovers? <laughs> you know what? Seriously, I, hook me up. I, you know, I've I've I have seen some of the stuff that they've produced. Like they do have a podcast. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, but um, it's that's what companies do these days. Yeah. Payroll podcast. <laughs> and yeah, every Payroll HR benefits. You name it. Yeah. Sometimes it's, they're just, so sometimes they're just used has, like in place of a memo. So rather than <laughs> sending out an email memo, they do it as a podcast, it, it, which is not dissimilar from the morning announcements in school. You know, it's everything but the cafeteria menu. It's yeah. It's now it's it's the podcast that could have been a call that should have been an email. <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> is the rule thirty four of everything. Well, it's rule thirty four P. 
There are, you know, subsets, of course. Uh, Rule 34, if it exists, there's porn of it Mm. uh, for the the, the two people (laughs) listening who didn't know that. Uh, Rule 34B, there's burlesque of it. Rule 34C, there's cosplay of it. D, there's drag. I had it up to G one day, but for the life of me, I can't remember what E was at this point. But yeah, you could basically run it out through all of our societal endeavors. Probably electrocution. (laughs) Light light electroplay. There you go. (laughs) Light electro play. <laughs> so, uh, I, I know I've, I, 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 when we've, when we talked offline, uh, before this, I, I was ta- telling you about the, uh, I've worked with a number of burlesque performers. I think Don is probably, uh, in his role as a bouncer for the number of years, uh, has also probably, uh, guided a few, uh, a few ladies on and off the stage, uh, is my guess. Um, because we we traveled in similar circles <laughs> around more, more like guided the the people that didn't belong in the establishment out of the establishment because of whatever ist reason they had yeah. guided like a missile so. <laughs> yes sorry about your face and the door what door ow <laughs> so so how long so you're now a former burlesque dancer is that correct yeah i retired i've okay. done it for seven years and uh some stuff happened on a personal level because oh, okay. it's full of women, as it turns <sighs> out. And my God, catty bitches. <laughs> you would have thought you would have thought growing up with five sisters, I would have run screaming. But uh, no, because a, a friend of mine, I happened to reconnect with him the same time I separated from my first husband. And he said, uh, hey, I do the poster for a local burlesque show and I get two free tickets. Do you want to go with me? i like. Hell yes, I do. I did not know burlesque was a thing. I thought it went out after like Gypsy Rose Lee, early <laughs> 50s, you know. Yeah. Um, and on stage was a performer, now retired, named Kiki Von Kitsch, as a big fuzzy pink character dancing to Manamana. <laughs> she had goo- googly eye pasties with eyelashes. And the front of her fuzzy pink G-string, she reveals at the very end, is a little puppet mouth. And she sings along. At the end of the song, the crowd goes apeshit every single time. And I just sat there going, this is the greatest thing I have ever seen in my life. I must do this immediately. And uh, yes. <laughs> and then uh, I met the man who would become my husband at a show. And he immediately wanted to get into burlesque because he was already doing Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I was the only person in burlesque who wasn't on the Rocky Horror shadow cast at some point. And uh, so you could look for Moxie LaBouche and Dante the Inferno. Nice. <laughs> nice name. Mr. and Mrs. The Inferno. <laughs> so th- was he doing boylesque or was he like doing the uh, the the MC? No, he does, he does not only more masculine stuff, but more comedic stuff. Okay. He's our physical comedian. Gotcha. I do the spoken word. He does... Pratt Falls and uh, and and his well, he won't watch this. What we call his uh, is weaponized teddy bear tummy because <laughs> not a heavy fellow at all. No, no, mm. thirty thirty four Jean, but um, just cute little cuddly right here. And he did a routine as uh, Zap Brannigan for our Futurama show because I also produced <laughs> for five years. And um, you know Zap Brannigan, oh, that's, yeah. that's a great character because it starts at eleven and only goes up from there. <laughs> And so it starts with Shatner's Rocket Man, of which exists no clean audio in the world. There's no good recordings of Shatner's Rocket Man from 1974. Um, and the new one just sounds weird. And then it goes into I'm sexy and I know it. And it, when it gets to, when it gets to wiggle, 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 he actually just grabs his tummy and just shakes it at the front row in the audience running back and forth. And it was, it was 
That sounds awesome. I think, yeah, uh, my favorite, I think, uh, the, well, actually, I think it's probably the only boylesque performer that I've ever I don't, I don't know if you've heard of Waxy Moon. Oh, he's a big name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, him him with the, the two little gals that he works with. I mean, they're, I mean, I know he's tall anyway, but <laughs> the girl, and they have their big bouffants and they go out there in cheerleader outfits and are, we're doing uh, the uh, put a ring on it. <laughs> it was it was Single fucking lady. amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and so, yeah, like you were saying with with my wife was roller derby. For, for years. And so, yes, it's very much the same. Uh, plus, we've also... We have the same naming conventions. <laughs> very much so. Burlesque, Derby, and Drag. We, uh, mm-hmm. we, we're all reading out of the same baby name book. Yep. I, and it's... I, I love when I find cool new ones. Uh, I mean, I haven't... I don't remember the last one that I've heard that was like, you know, so, oh, that's a very clever name. I mean, I, one of my favorite ones from back, way back when, when, when Tiara, my wife was skating was mini Pearl Harbor. Um, so <laughs> I think that's still probably my favorite name to this day. That's a pretty good one. I think one of the best and worst ones I've ever come up with, I get, I get really punny and I use a lot of science terms, but I think one of the, the ones I'm most proudest and ashamed of is uh, fatty moose knuckle. <laughs> I, my, my derby name was Gardon of yeah. Evil. Yeah, he because uh, he skated but, with my wife yeah. in in a in a co-ed team. For, oh, yeah, I briefly. Did not know it was. And yeah, until until injuries happened at forty something <laughs> years old. As they will do. Yeah. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. <laughs> oh, and that yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the, imagine imagine a, a, like a like a nineteen sixty eight you know flatbed truck going down a dirt road that has uh had water go across it a lot and so it's like the gullies yeah that's <laughs> how uh, i can dig it how uh so i know you're currently I, I i just heard on your most recent episode that you were talking about your audiobook yes now which will hopefully eventually finally after a convoluted and just unnecessarily difficult process with the publisher. The audiobook isn't nearly here. Nigh incipient. <laughs> That's a good word. Incipient is a good word. Incipient. Yeah. Um, so, uh, shall I take it that you're going to be doing the recording for it? Or is there somebody oh, else? I, d- I did it a year oh, ago. <laughs> All right. So, I don't, I won't sound quite this smooth because I've, I've, my voice has developed a great deal in the year that I've been doing voiceover. Uh, but uh, no, I had that shit finished a long <laughs> time ago. So how, I am not the reason it took a year. So how, so number one, how did you get into voiceover work? And number two, how is that different from, because uh, I, I know it's different, but the difference between, you know, when you're podcasting or doing voiceover work to doing an audio book. Well, I'll answer the second question first, and you'll have to remind me what the first one was when we get there. Uh, I did not approach the recording of the audiobook based on the podcast any differently than I would have done the podcast. Because people like to say you don't write like you talk. Screw you. I do, and I always have. Because I talk and speak in an unnecessarily flowery and complicated fashion, <laughs> consistent across the board. Uh, the only thing I had to really do that was different was to make sure I had the technical specs right, the spacing at the you know, top and tail, the space at the end and the beginning, the chapter heading and that kind of crap. And otherwise, I just did it just like I would do 
my regular podcast because I already had the pro set up. And now I can go straight into the question of how did I get into uh, VO? Because um, I'd already been in podcasting for two years when uh, COVID came along, and I can't wait till all of our stories can no longer have to mention that. <laughs> and uh, I decided, you know what, 20 plus years in retail, probably enough, probably time to, to find another career. Because no shame to such persons, but I was on a straight trajectory to be the 70-year-old woman bagging groceries in the afternoons. Mm. And I did not want that unless like a part-time thing and you need to get out of the house that's different but i was retail i was frontline retail i always had been i was best on my cash register i did not want to be management because who needs that headache just let me be be a checkout girl and go on but then yeah i have a chronic pulmonary condition and there was a respiratory virus going around so i said mm. you know what i have this thing i got this microphone right here mm. it's black on black you can't really see it um for the folks at home just imagine glorious <laughs> professional microphone um and I, I was like, I can build a booth. How hard can it be? I mean, I've been doing, you know, the podcast for two years. It'll be easy. Oh, my sweet summer child. Many embarrassing and painful lessons were still to come because I did not know yet what I did not know. But thanks to excellent coaches and uh, great courses and many, many, many rejections and rounds of revisions on jobs in the beginning, I got a better handle on things but at, at only a year into the business i you know, of course still feel like i just started i would last imagine month, yeah you know and i i honestly hope i always kind of feel like that i hope that i'm always being like boy i sure have a lot to learn i've got a good foundation but what's the next thing i need to learn because by the time you think you don't need coaching you need to get out of whatever it is whatever you're interested in or you do professionally when you think you don't have room to improve or you no longer desire you no longer seek improvement it's time to go on and do something else do I need to go to a, take a course, Dean? Probably. Is, that, what, is this an intervention suddenly? <laughs> no, it's thanks to our sponsors, Skillshare. Skillshare has online courses. Skillshare, I'm waiting by the phone. Call me. So is is that is that where you got your coaching from? Was from Skillshare, or did how, how did you no, go, no, no. how did you go um, about that? My uh, the coach I've worked with the most is a, an amazing lady um, out of California named Tawny Plattis, uh, and Tawny like the adjective mm -hmm. not that anybody knows that word but me Tony um, Katane. <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah she turned into quite the abusive little cunt didn't she until um, she just passed away didn't she <laughs> did she didn't she just pass away yes, she did. Yeah, it was like last year yeah last I think, year I she think did. Ed Asner just died this afternoon he did. yeah what what yeah. Ed Asner as, uh, as sad as it is I have to admit that was one of those oh he was still alive well, the only reason I knew right. he was still alive is because like I, Abe Vigoda. Yeah, I do because I do it. I do the Boondocks podcast, and Ed Asner was the voice of uh, Ed Wensler, who which was based yeah. off of uh, George George H W Bush. Uh, but he was, you know, but yeah, he still he played very gruff, uh, very rich. Uh, capitalist type of guy in that. So I only knew he was still alive because I would. He was still you know recording those. Uh, through the last, you know, even through 2014, I think. Yeah. Okay, there was never get, anything. How do we get on to Ed? I'm sorry, can't, okay, Tony Plattis. <laughs> I worked my way back. I found, I followed the breadcrumbs and I found my there way back. Uh, and and uh, I first became acquainted with Tony's work through her podcast, Dirty Bits, which was kind of the, you know, the behind the bed curtain stuff of history. And uh, she and her husband would do and being both of them voice professionals or I think she was. If, Tony, if you ever hear this, forgive me if I had that wrong. Um, 
that it was like a really cool, you know, well-produced and she had different voices for all the different uh, characters on it. Then very sadly, her husband passed away suddenly at the mm. age of 29. Wow. Um, he, had a, he had a congenital condition, which they knew this was a thing that could happen. It doesn't make it any, any fucking easier right. uh, to come home and find your husband dead on the kitchen floor. Uh, but now she has a new podcast, Death is Hilarious, <laughs> where she and uh, different people, many of them stand-up comics, you know, talk about death and mourning and... Uh, how it affects your life, but with all of the irreverence and dark humor mm. that the subject matter deserves. Humor and grief. They, yeah. they, they kind of a yin and yang each other. So without one, you can't have the other for sure. Yeah. Cause otherwise well, I'm not going to get through, I'm not going to get through one without the other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly. What I mean. I, I'm not saying it's exactly, yeah. you know, symbiotic. No, I, th I think black humor serves a very real psychological purpose. And while we as a society call, what we consider to be appropriate humor, we need to preserve a good, good slice of uh, of dark comedy because I think we will always need black comedy. Hmm. I don't want to associate with people that are always, you know, always involved in light comedy. It's no. Yeah, too much, too many marshmallows. <laughs> you can't, you can't understand me, and I can't understand you unless there's dark comedy throughout everything. You need that piece of dark chocolate. To, to tie the marshmallow and the graham cracker together to Early really almonds, make whichever, yeah. the full yeah. rich experience that is life. Also s'mores. Someone bring me some s'mores right now, please. And thank you. <laughs> I think that's probably why I like Lewis black so much because <laughs> that's literally black. Only. <laughs> exactly. Lewis, I mean, but you know, even, you know, if you're talk, talking about comedians, um, uh, John Mulaney, even though he's he he seems like a light comedian, there's some dark stuff in there. I mean, whether he's talking about kids having to talk to uh, the, uh, the the guy come the cop coming in who was a uh, murder investigator <laughs> talking to the kids at the elementary school. I mean, even you know because you can talk about that kind of stuff because it's it's pretty dark if you think about it. But I mean, still you know making light of it to what would be for a seven year old. <laughs> Well, it's like like the wise man George Carlin said, you can make a joke about anything. What's important is how you construct the joke, yeah. where the exaggeration is. Right. And uh, I'll have to leave off the examples uh, that he <laughs> did right after that. I'm not sure it aged quite as well yeah. to everyone else as it did to me. <laughs> but uh, I think it was on Jam in New York because I had that one memorized. Yeah, I, Carlin. Yeah, he he had some him him and um, Pryor. You gonna say Bill Hicks? Oh, Bill. Oh, oh okay, Bill Pryor. Hicks too. God. <laughs> Bill Hicks was, I mean, he, he ran on another level, uh, growing he up. He was just, he was too hip for the room. He was too early. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Texas, cause he was, uh, he, he, at that time, cause I was like high school, getting out of high school, going into college at that time that he was kind of, that's kind of where he was at his apex, uh, right before he kind of went back home and passed away. Uh, but that his brain just worked <laughs> I don't know how that, how he was. He was like the, uh, the new Lenny Bruce or something. Um, yeah. It was just, he did he just, some great he just, work. He was too early and people weren't, because if you watch his stuff now, you're like, yeah, this is bog standard. It wasn't when he was doing it. And that's why he isn't as you know big a name as like Carlin and Pryor. About Richard Pryor. Interestingly enough, in the span of our great world and the depths of our internet, it seems like no one else has ever thought to compare 
the distance Richard Pryor ran after he lit himself on fire freebasing <laughs> to the distance Denethor ran after catching fire uh, in The Lord of the Rings across <laughs> Minas Tirith. I want to know why I'm the first person to ask this question. Seven billion people. You guys really are letting me down. But no one I'm, has done this math. Does anyone I, know Matt Pat? Can I get, you know, or it, some other well, YouTuber that does a lot of uh, breakdowns? I have a question. Uh-huh. What about Michael Jackson's distance when he He did, did not go Pepsi very far. Commercial? Okay, he did. No, he right. yes, when his hair caught fire during the uh, Pepsi Cola commercial shoot. Right. No, they had medics on. You you always have a, a medic like a first aid guy at the very least so somebody can stabilize the situation yeah no how about the michael, which michael is jackson surprising. did not go running around town but prior i think covered more than a mile did he really yeah that's crazy so like if i wanted to dig down deep into the maths i could probably work it out but um i'm and the and the devil said put the alphabet in math and laughed how, how <laughs> far did. how far did hetfield run after he caught on fire well, not farther he, than the stage. <laughs> no, he. I'm pretty sure he dropped at because it was more of an explosion <laughs> than a. Being it was, a, on it was fire. A, the wall of fire right. that went up and uh, stop. He was standing in the. He was standing in the wrong place. Yeah. Now about that. Yeah. A similar topic came up uh, around our house last night. That being um, all the PSAs we saw growing up in the uh, late 70s and, and the 80s about not hiding in refrigerators. How many children near to my age were playing hide-and-seek in junkyards on the regular? Because this was like an once a week on some cartoon you were watching, mm. there was the little we have to justify this content to be able to allow this to be able to air this 22-minute long toy commercial. <laughs> so here's your public service <laughs> announcement. Yeah, I I I never saw one of those refrigerators waiting to be hidden in. I certainly never caught on fire, not for lack of trying. I've had two house fires here in this, in this very house, you know, and no one, the greatest disappointment of my life, not one single person has offered me free drugs. <laughs> not one. Or given it out just uh, at, on their whimsy during Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, not as a kid, but as an, as a, you know, teen or, so many or adultish. Tattoos. Yes. Th- there were, there were, there were times when people would offer things, but. <laughs> the the refrigerator there was a ref, a local refrigerator near our house when i was 10 or 11 a local refrigerator and we didn't yeah it was just hanging out it didn't it didn't offer us it drugs. Its it job. you know it was hanging out yeah it was just hanging out well known local a, refrigerator it's like it's like the house had had completely evaporated and there was still the refrigerator there and we didn't nobody ever wanted to hide in it we just threw rocks and, and stuff at it so i mean though know. i did see a really cute video uh yesterday of uh an older fellow who lives way out in the middle of nowhere in the southwest who makes like half or third size fully drivable street legal cars out of vintage refrigerators so he makes like 20s to 50s eras cars out of cars out of these vintage refrigerators and they're so tiny but you can get in them and drive and it's super super cute so y'all look on youtube for that i don't think i would fit but <laughs> it's, i didn't think it's, he was going to either yeah. it's it's no more hilarious than seeing a full-grown man in a convertible miata or an mg midget <laughs> I think your car or, should come or, up or past your lowest car. rib. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I'm more concerned me. about those or the guys that are in the trucks that are seven feet high. So, 
Yeah. But we're not concerned about those guys. Those guys, we know about those guys. <laughs> they tell they us everything we need to know already. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. And the and with the big giant flag sticking out that and says And the truck whatever. nuts. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, truck nuts. Oh, yes. The <laughs> chesticle. Truck trucksticles or whatever. Nope, truck nuts. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. yeah, and the the and the the bullet hole stickers that they like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I had a 79 Scottsdale that someone who was renting a room from me decided would be really cute to put those on my truck. Oh, boy. And it was like, apart from the floor being rotted out, it's a 70 Chevy. That's what's going to happen. It was really cherry. Like twice in traffic, people stopped and asked if I would sell them that car. Like I wasn't that (laughs) truck. I was like, I wasn't planning on it, but can I please turn left? (laughs) (laughs) Try to do something here. Seriously. Yeah. Um. Can't you see I'm on my way somewhere? I'm doing a thing. I'm a tiny woman in a full-size truck. I'm quite busy. (laughs) Did you notice that we're in traffic? In the middle of an intersection, friend. The light's not going to hold forever. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, people. What a bunch of bastards. Um. To a man, indeed. (laughs) Um, So... We have a mutual friend. Don and I have interviewed on here as well. Uh, and I think I talked to you about it. Kate Walinga from uh, Ignorance Was Bliss. Um, she's a good. She's, yeah, I I adore her. as She is one of my favorite people. We talk a lot. Uh, and yeah, I was really excited. talk about talk about dark humor. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean. Kate is a fountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. And also very, very smart. Oh, incredibly smart. And I mean, just I, I love talking to her about all, all the stuff that she's done prior to, I mean, where she is now. And even just that little piece of every of what she has done is incredible. So, yeah, I think she has been a uh, a good a spot of encouragement for me to keep going. Uh, and I think she's been that way for a lot of folks. Uh, but I love her, all of her murder birds that she has. Uh, and so she, cause she loves owls and, uh, but she's, yeah, she's great. So. Yeah. We did a, a crossover about the, um, I'm, I'm going to get their name wrong. I can't remember if it's Gibbons or Gibson, uh, uh, twins in Britain in the early 1980s who, would speak only to each other and reacted very strangely to being separated. And they were, they were just quite, quite bizarre. Uh, and then the fires started and then someone got killed. And, uh, but yeah, All right. I did, I did, I did a, I did a pair of episodes uh, on twins. And so like one about uh, conjoined twins and parasitic twins, and then one about, you know, detached freestanding twins. <laughs> I like free. I like the freestanding twins. I think yeah. that those are the ones that all uh, that Fonzie used to date. So <laughs> the free st- I don't. I don't trust any twins, <laughs> especially ones that are in the hallways holding hands with blue dresses on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, speak. Come come play Speaking with us. The the, the refrigerator just the refrigerator thing that log it reminded me of uh, uh, Stephen King's It because well, there's a part in there where so, one of the kids gets put into one of those. The, the, back when they had the refrigerators that, you know, they had the thing that would actually latch. Yeah, the big locking handle. Yeah. yeah. So the cooler. That's the kind they were warning us off of. Because yeah. for anyone under the age of 40 who's listening, <laughs> it used to be that refrigerators essentially locked. And it could only be opened from the outside. Like how car trunks now have, have the safety little, you've been kidnapped uh, yep. cord. Um, yeah, now you can just push open a refrigerator and it doesn't happen. But back in the day, apparently we were all just climbing in there and waiting to die. Yeah. That's the thing I, that I always, that I always right. kind of, when I'm watching new uh, entertainment and somebody's getting kidnapped by being thrown into a trunk, I'm like, did they cut the little thing, the little pull tab off from the, uh, from inside the trunk? Because 
The quick yeah, everybody has those now. <laughs> That's why I do all of my kidnapping in late model vehicles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I do all my kidnapping kidnapping in a white white um, windowless van. White I have those too. <laughs> yeah. Free candy. Well, I, I, I used to. I used to actually raise goats and make goat milk soap and skincare products that I would sell at farmers markets and craft shows. So I had uh, two white vans at one point. One, one with windows all down the side because it was a soccer van and the other one being a proper work van. And uh, my husband, before he was my husband, um, still living with his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> borrowed one of my vans because his car went down. I'm like, I've got two. You come work for me on the weekend. You might as well just drive it home. Um, but he lived around the corner from a strip club when he lived in the city and he was hanging out with some friends, one of whom danced at the strip club. And she talked about the creepy like molester van mm. uh, that was always parked around the corner from the strip club. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, that those still creep me out to these, to this day. I mean, you see, you see those going around. I mean, cause it's always in your head that, you know, there's somebody's coming to grab you for one of those things. I've driven too many work vehicles. It's completely innocuous <laughs> to me. I mean, I did have for a short period of time, a, a diesel model of the, uh, the same body style of Chevy as the A-Team van. It was not black <laughs> with red stripe. It was blue. Did it, but did it, it have the cool. spoiler and no wing? It did not. No, no it wing. did not have the wing. Uh, more's the pity. It has shelves, and that helped a great deal. Uh, but after it ate its second uh, transmission, I had to shoot it. Yeah. Transmissions ain't cheap. <laughs> no, <laughs> not no they all. are not. Yeah, I've got one right now that's yeah, it's not something good. that needs a transmission. No it's bueno. Yeah, especially on the new ones. I mean, I like back in the day when when you had a, like an old an older one that didn't have a computer in it, you know, you could you could replace one of those for four to six hundred dollars. But now they're like thirty five hundred bucks, something like that. It's nuts. Yeah, I know I have a, I know a fellow who suggests that computers, you know, are like the worst thing that ever happened to cars. He also says that about fuel injectors and the <laughs> aluminum heads. He has lots of opinions. And and uh, field turf and the designated hitter yes. rule. And <laughs> we don't like change. Old man yells at Cloud. <laughs> I think that's that's one of the in the, at the last season of of uh, of Letterkenny where they're talk they're talking to Gail and she's com- she's talking about her truck not starting and they, and all the guys just have to get in and they then somebody mentions computers and that all goes. <laughs> oh, sure, hope it's not the computer. Well, now. When they started then riffing about this used car salesman, as they do, mm-hmm. did you interpret that to be like they're talking about a specific individual? I think they always in, have, yeah. in universe. They've got to have somebody just, in mind. It's either that or, or they're thinking. So I didn't know if they're talking about an individual or an archetype. Well, I if they're buying in Letterkenny, that's probably only one. So, uh, but it depends. Um, I mean, if they're having to go to the the city, as they call it, um, then yeah, it's I. They've got. I think they've got to have somebody in mind, uh, whether it's the. I'm just. I'm so much deeper into the world building than the people who write this, and I didn't think I'd be that person in just about anything. But for some reason, this show just grabbed my brain in a way that that nothing else has in a long, long time, and like. I want to know how far apart are things? You know, why is why do we never see a Tim Hortons? <laughs> what are their last names? Because only uh, two characters have a last name, and only one has both first and last. Tim Dickens. Being, <laughs> oh no, I mean, I'd stand corrected then too. The other being Bonnie, Bonnie McMurray. McMurray. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Dickens, Bonnie McMurray. 
Um, oh, well, now there, now there's of the D-Gens, there's Alistair Orson, Alistair Orson yeah, we, Westwood Yates. <laughs> so, yeah, we get him, but he's a one-off. Yeah. He could have let that cute dude next to him talk as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. And see, and that brings me to another point about it, because the fight that's in that episode, mm-hmm. uh, no sitcom should have camera work this good. It's so amazing. It blew me away the first time. Like, they're just sitting there talking. Why are we using a dolly shot? Why don't we use a dolly shot every time? This is great. It's like, you know, there was a, a friend podcast, uh, the dolls, a friend's letter, Kenny podcast, the produce stand, uh, friends with them. They, and they just interviewed, they recently interviewed Kate Trevor Wilson and they were, and they were <laughs> who recently got married. Lots yes. Oh. I saw the pictures. Gorgeous. Um, but yeah, they uh, they were asking him about when they were uh, it was the uh, fuss at the at the at the golf course. And when they're all breaking the bottles, what? what? And so that, it, it, half of his went flying. The, their, their budget for apparently for uh, that uh, sugar glass or whatever it is that they use had been increased. So that's why they weren't doing so. And they can, even off screen, they were still doing it with, the, with their bare bottles. So. Thought, you would do, yeah. If some if somebody put a box of twelve sugar glass beer bottles down, you'd immediately start smashing them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, because it was right after that when uh, in that in that fight scene that you were talking about, where Squirrely Dan smashes the beer bottle over the guy's head who jumps on his back. So yeah, all that. You also you also get to see that the hockey nut sacks scrap in flip flops. <laughs> yeah, they charge of and they scrap in flip flops. And you even see you even see um, Jonesy give one guy like the Stone Cold Stunner mm-hmm. and does not lose his flip flops. His legs are all the way up in the air and doesn't lose flip flops. Yeah, he's uh, yeah Riley and Jonesy. I they're they're what they're one person. <laughs> I mean, they share a brain cell. I, I was yeah. They're they're barely two nut sacks. Yeah. <laughs> Half a nut sack each they are, at, at best, they are but they're scrotum. darling and they spawn a lot of really juicy fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, Not I, particularly clever or insightful fan fiction, mind you, but uh, yeah, it's worth my time. Yeah, I, I have time for that. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could write like that because yeah, our, our, uh, uh, the, I'll make you beta read the one I'm writing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because um, we have uh, Awesome, who is the, she is the the main mod of the Letterkenny subreddit. She writes a ton of of Letterkenny fanfic. So, uh, yeah, that's one of the things. My new best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does, some ama- she does some amazing stuff. And she'll send me stuff every now and again. Hey, what do you think of this? So, yeah, and Awesome has been on on the How, on a How Are You Now a number of times as a, as a guest. So, yeah, I'd love to, when, when, whenever season 10 and 11 are coming around, if you'd like to be on How Are You Now, I'd love to have you I on. would absolutely, but, yeah. absolutely love to. Uh, or like maybe you want to do an all fan theory episode. Oh yeah, we can really get into the the nitty gritty and go full Matt Pat uh, <laughs> on these things because I uh, we we were of the oh their family must have been Mennonite ah. kind of camp, but then that I can't leave well enough alone, and if a thing is worth doing, it's worth <laughs> overdoing. So now I'm developing this headcanon where actually his dad was some kind of like almost a cult leader, <laughs> and Wayne and Katie are not full brother and sister. But they're siblings by sister wives. Oh, and that, their their upbringing was very strict. Wayne responded to that by being one hundred and ten percent what was asked of him, and Katie, of course, went the complete opposite direction. Oh no, no, these <laughs> these thoughts they just happen. These are the thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. 
as the wise man said. No, I, 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 you know, I could, I could buy a lot of, a lot of that stuff that, that, that folks talk about for in their fan fiction of, of, of Wayne and Katie. I, I think the only, my only sticking point with everybody. Just don't, just don't search fan fiction, Wayne slash Katie. <laughs> You don't want to read those. Well, because yeah, <laughs> you if, if you're talking about their, you're you're basically talking about that there's their step siblings, which is a whole Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> it's all not, of Pornhub. Not, not my forte. Well, I don't know about Pornhub. But over on XNXX, every video is step siblings. I'm like, there's nothing in this video that indicates you just you just retitled a video <laughs> yeah. you made ten years ago because they're all step siblings. <laughs> Like he's a plumber. What do? You- <laughs> oh, he has to come get her stuck, unstuck from the uh, from the dryer. <laughs> oh goodness! Trends in pornography just as bad as trends in fashion. I, but her hand is stuck in the dark garbage disposal. <laughs> Hit the switch. See what happens. <laughs> She'll get yeah, out of there real quick, <laughs> or eventually, anyway. Uh, but now she can only count to six and a half. <laughs> yep. Right. And and oh, and here come the paramedics. <laughs> hey, I've seen that guy. He's a doctor. I've seen him before. <laughs> <laughs> nice stuff is dope. Doctor. I don't think it goes there. <laughs> Do EMTs usually carry speculums? Some... This is weird. <laughs> Whoa, easy easy with the tongue depressor, all right. Slide down, slide down. <laughs> yeah, it's uh you might feel a pinch. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> Hold still. You're going to feel a little prick. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> that's about what's, what, what was expected. So is that what you talked about on your TED Talk? Uh, no, I was still doing burlesque when I got to do a TEDx RVA. Uh, so that was what I talked about. Um, and I, I wasn't able to sweet talk the organizers into a normal spot like everybody else. And I actually, they did a an open mic night where the person who got the most most votes via text message, and they give you all the details at the end, uh, would get a three-minute spot, which is nothing in a TED Talk. Um, and I, I wrote a whole Susian rhyme about the history of burlesque and modern burlesque in uh, Richmond. Uh, and needless to say, when they gave out the texting details, like, okay, please don't share these outside of the building. And everybody's texting everyone they know. Uh, and I'm like, I know, I know eight people, so I like didn't even bother trying to cheat. And I managed to tie for first, so they gave both me and the other person a spot. I, I don't remember what she talked about at all. But um, this took place in the Carpenter Theater here in Richmond, which is like a big deal. Like Chris Cornell played it uh, in the last year of his, his life, God rest him. And it will be probably the only time burlesque ever happens on that stage, which was the sum total of that burlesque was me removing a skirt and I had shorts on underneath and taking off my jacket. <laughs> but it counts. It counts. Damn it. I had my eyelashes on and I had rhinestones. It's burlesque. I concur. Yes. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I w- not that I, not that I don't love uh stripper, the, the, Modern stripper. I mean, because we're mm-hmm. we're moving to Portland, which is per capita the most strip clubs anywhere else in the world. So, uh, and we've been to a number down there. Don has been with uh, me and my wife when we went on our uh, our can't confirm <laughs> our, our uh, bachelor bachelorette party where we started at the Acropolis, um, and then we all went our different directions for different clubs. Uh, so yeah, but burlesque is a whole different animal 
Yeah, a good way to, to recognize the difference between burlesque strippers and club strippers, and this is not in any way suggesting one is in any way superior no, to the other, is that a club stripper will spend $50 on a dress and make $500 a night, whereas a burlesque dancer will spend $500 on a dress, and she's lucky if she makes $50 a night with it. Yeah. That's, to me, the key difference. Fair. That's very fair. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. I've, <laughs> with the the number that I've worked with, I mean, yeah, I can see, you know, when especially the number of fundraisers that I've played together with them. <laughs> and it's because uh, you don't make a lot of Burlesque money off fundraisers. tend to be very civic-minded. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them from uh, when they're, they're, their external hobbies have to deal with raising animals or, you know, fostering dogs or whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, I've that that is not unusual at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys vamp for just a second. I'm having really bad incoming audio issues. Okay. I'm going to try leaving the room and come back sure. because it's getting to the point where I can't barely make out speech. Oh, OK. Back in a tick. All right. So how you doing, Don? Uh, you know, uh, don't get me started oh, on insurance boy. companies, um, health insurance companies. Oh my God. We'll save oh that boy. for another yeah, episode, that's... but, uh, oh yeah, it's, it's been, I've been on, I've been on a, you know, on a thing and, and now they're saying, oh, you can't take that. You have to go through all these steps to take that for us to approve that. Um, but, uh, you have to go through these steps while you're under our insurance. Um, and I've already been through all the steps, so, yeah. and it's all documented, but they, 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 they won't, you know, I didn't hop. think I was gone that long. <laughs> we got, well, Don has been dealing with some, some health issues recently, and now he's having to deal with insurance, uh, about that, those health issues. My new my new insurance company is being a insurance. Yeah, we company. just got a uh, eleven hundred dollar bill in we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. They won't they won't approve me to take a drug that keeps Dead. me from being. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 for the most part, yeah. yeah. I was essentially you my know. first husband's carer for a decade, so yeah, pre ops and all that nonsense. But on the plus side, all of that experience gave me a real good grasp of uh, medical Latin. So if anyone listening works in the medical field or medical e-learning, I don't even blink at words like pneumonoultramicroscopic silicovolcaniconiosis. <laughs> and I would be happy to narrate your medical e-learning. Go to moxielabouche.com today. No, I really, that's really so want to work in medical e-learning. That's my big brass ring. That's my, my dream job. Because it pays more. It does, I was going to ask you. Yeah, of course, it does. because it's so difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think that that because what you just said reminded me of there's a, uh, and I'm sure you've probably seen it. It's been around for probably ten years or so. A uh, video of a guy talking about these uh, these machines, and he's I mean he's using all this technical jargon that actually means nothing at all, and he's just, he's doing it very you know, and there's the this the split flanges and then <laughs> talking about all this stuff and it's seventy percent how you look twenty percent how you sound ten percent what you say yeah exactly yeah so. if you just if you if you um, just put it out there confidently hmm? and and go on to the next sentence very quickly then you'll be fine <laughs> I'm so fucked <laughs> hey uh yeah that I was going to go on to another sentence. Yeah. You need to work on that confidence there. You Don. always, you always got to have an exit strategy. <laughs> you always have the next second. Well, I was, I was raised by a former, uh, you know, 
radio DJ. My mom was in, in FM radio in the 60s and 70s. Dead air is so abhorrent mm. to us. We yeah. do not allow it. It, it. it must be filled. <laughs> it cannot happen. It cannot happen. I don't know if I got this nature or nurture or both. It's probably the same the same place I got my speaking voice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if, if if like at a party, everybody stops talking at the exact same time after about point six seven seconds, I start freaking out. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a bit of an ADHD thing. I, which is why I think there are so many ADHD people involved in podcasting. Only I'm okay with a good pregnant, with a good pregnant pause. A dramatic, occasionally, pause. Sorry, like calculon impression. Exactly. Um, shit, I was gonna say a second ago. Oh well, if it was if it was important, if it was important, it'll come back. Oh, okay. about ADHD. There you go. Oh, I did not even put that on. Thank God for Lo-Fi Girl, or any Lo-Fi music stream out there. It is, I have found so critically important when I'm trying to write the script for the podcast, because I it's, it's a single host, fully scripted podcast. I have to research and write seven or eight pages each week, uh, which is ironically unfortunate since I started the podcast to get useless information out of my skull, not put it back in. Um, and, and it gets pretty badly scrambled since I've been struck by lightning. But if I have lo-fi music going, I can stay focused on the writing and the researching much, much longer because playing music in the background helps to engage the part of your brain that wants to go off and chase butterflies. Hmm. It's like giving your your puppy a peanut butter bone so you can have 15 minutes of fucking peace. Yeah. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah. music is for the ADHD brain. If, you, if, if you're having trouble, put some music on. I promise it'll get better. When you, when you, give, when you give your toddler a Benadryl so that you can get some peace. <laughs> Similar, similar results, slightly different principles. Yeah. Bean always tries to bring the peanut butter bone over to me and smear it on my leg. (laughs) Well, while Tammy tries to to eat your your leg off my leg (laughs) and my leg. Yeah, Yeah, that that about sounds like ours because we have a a, a one year old Roddy mix and a 12 or 14 year old Lab Dane mix. So he's he's really getting up there, but he rallies just enough strength to give her one good one good wrestle. Each day, well, we have a, we have a, a, a from somebody said that they use video game soundtracks. Yes, <laughs> um, because the video game soundtracks are designed to be underneath activity, right? And yeah, they're ideal for that. And then, of course, some of them. I mean, some video games have such orchestral scores oh, you yeah. can go to the orchestra and see them performed. What are you pointing at, Don? Yeah, that, what, what's that's, that? a that's a comment about <laughs> what. Kit uses video game soundtracks for focus. Okay, wait. Did I miss <laughs> when we were something? talking about lo-fi. Oh, yeah. We're live yeah. on video. Yeah, I put on a bra I, and combed my hair. Okay. Yes, we're live on that's video. That's why I'm wearing mine. <laughs> I, f- I forgot about that. I forgot. I've got my, my special, my special, uh, my special boxers on where you just... Drop them Your right spanks. in there. Oh, so, bags, I'm, wearing, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my temple garments, even though I don't go to temple. A kippa mm. only covers up so much bald spot, my friend. <laughs> Mormon done. Listen, God, God took most of it. I took the rest. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna take a little bit. <laughs> Scorched earth. Salt it so nothing grows yes. back. Scorched earth. Scorched earth, baby. You can't make my hair fall out if I take it out first. <laughs> That's right. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> <That's right>. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. 
Don't stand on my lawn. I'm standing on my lawn. <laughs> Bastards. There's not enough room on my lawn for you and me on my lawn. So Damn kids. So which came first, the book or the podcast? The podcast. Okay. And, um, and, and I have what, a podcast was, for a little good. Oh, I was just going to ask if that was, if, if the plan was all along with the podcast to also do the book or that you just said, you know, I just fucking need to do the book. No, I didn't know that was a thing until I think I heard about the Sawbones book or, you know, another podcast that I followed had a book. Mm. It, it could have been, it could have been actually uh, the story behind from uh, Emily Prokop. She spun a book off. And in fact, she and I shared a hotel room at a podcast conference and the story behind everybody should check out and it's family friendly. It's very educational and fun. Um, we shared a hotel room at a podcast conference and got to be close friends. Cause I showed her uh, cat videos on one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, That's how Life we make Boris. friends these days. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Life of Boris. It's this peculiar Slav king, he calls himself, who always has Yushanka and Balaklava. You never see Boris. Like, okay. he usually even has sunglasses on. Um, but it's very funny. And he got a cat uh, named Artyom after the character in, in the Metro video games. And so it's funny. And he sewed a tiny little Yushanka, which is the fuzzy earlap Russian oh, nice. hat. He sewed a <laughs> tiny little Yushanka for the cat. So after showing Emily that, she, she decided I was a, a keeper. And uh, very, very kindly offered to put me on to her publisher, uh, Mango Publishing, who, even though they had just come out of a really bad experience with a nonfiction trivia type book, uh, decided to give me to give me a chance. And uh, it was it was a pretty fun, serious, um, hardcore process. And I don't know if it sold well enough for me to discuss a second one with them, but I figure if it did, they'll ask me. Yeah. So. What did you learn from that? Like, as far as writing the book, what what you shouldn't do and what you what you should have done? Ass bibliographies suck ass. (laughs) I spent ten hours, I think, just organizing the bibliography of the book, and uh, I was not working from from home at the time. My husband was doing he does um, electronics and LEDs, and he works with LEDs the size of the ball in a ballpoint pen serious serious micro leds uh he was doing he was doing the electronics part of someone's art installation six plus hours away and uh, it wasn't going well when the artist set it up it wasn't working so we had to go out there and try to get it working and found ourselves rather than trying to pull off a six hour each way turn and burn which as burlesque dancers that's us going to philly that's we're used to it <laughs> uh we ended up spending the entire weekend in the only clothes we were wearing and it was raining. And uh, that's why, that's why my thanks to my husband in the book just says to my husband, Bobby, you know what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Because I wrote that while we were stuck in this podunk, stupid mountain town. But on the plus side, uh, we were setting up, it was dark by the time we got out there and I see a cat like off in the distance. I'm like, Oh, I hope he comes over here. I hope he comes over here. And he saw me. And he's like, oh, a person. And we just went running right toward each other. <laughs> and uh, we ended up having to go. And the cat fit in like he was one of our cats. He was just jumping up on the work table and head button and having a great time. Uh, great tabby. And we had to go back the next weekend and do this again, except this time we had underwear, clean underwear. Um, and I was like, oh, I hope that little cat comes back. And and yes, and it was like you could hear the the big swell of the you know the score from Romeo and Juliet as we run <laughs> through the grass to one another. I just put him in my car and took him home. You know, he, you yes, it. he has a collar, but he's grossly underweight, missing fur, and he hasn't been neutered. 
So they can only miss him so much. I did feel bad that maybe he was, you know, the love of a small child's life, and I can't hold the child accountable for the parents' negligent pet ownership. But uh, his name is Bondo, just like, you know, automotive body filler. His name's Bondo. So like <laughs> the only material we weren't working with that weekend. And it's not that we couldn't. We just happened not to need any Bondo. Um, but yeah, he's super chonk now. He's a linebacker. And fat and happy, and the only thing I got out of that weekend. Surely, surely Bondo was a barn cat of some sort and, and the people in the podunk, uh, area don't miss the cat because of the nature of things. Well, barn in cats don't areas. tend to have collars. That's true. You don't, generally, you spe- don't generally speaking, half the time they true. don't have names. I mean, all of mine do cause <laughs> I loved them, but you know, I have, I have six acres. So even though I don't farm here anymore, I still have to have minimum of six cats. <laughs> Any less than that feels weird to me. It keeps keeps the rat population oh, down. My my wife is saying hi from the train. She she is uh, go, she's on a train with uh, a, a friend of ours and uh, her mom and her friend's mom. Uh, they're going down to Venice because I don't I don't I don't go to California. I lived there for fifteen years and I don't want to go back. You've been. Uh, I, I, I did it. I got the t shirt uh, and two ex wives. So <laughs> it's not uh, not something that I you don't want to risk it. Yeah, no, no. But uh, anyway, she's on the train right now uh going down there well, and she's saying hi to you madam <laughs> so yeah um yeah i yeah california is just not for me no uh i might do northern california uh it's a bit flammable for my taste <laughs> seriously especially this time of year um if i ever go back down there it'll probably break off and fall into the ocean well here's hoping <laughs> hopefully hopefully i can swim to arizona bay Arizona Bay. <laughs> we, yeah, you'll, you'll probably have a nice little uh, flotilla of of things going that way. Yeah, <laughs> people. There'll be a lot of people Flot- floating uh, that way. A human flotilla. We all float down here. Yes, exactly. We all float yeah, just, down here. You lash enough bodies together, tie their shoelaces together. You know, you make a little raft. <laughs> human be great. raft. It's it's seawater. You're gonna yeah, float. You know, it's salt water. Yeah, MacGyver we, would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna because yeah because and they're just gonna bloat more and be even more buoyant as you go along <laughs> yeah i mean you've got a couple of days where that's really working to your favor sure until putrefaction sets in in of... which case you're going to want another yeah. strategy well the salt in the sun can cook some of them so that they're edible so yeah i'm not sure it pig. works that way but do report back your findings hey, this is this is my story and i'll tell it the way i want to <laughs> exactly <laughs> I saw Swiss Army Man. I know how dead bodies work. (laughs) That's that's a funny fucking movie. Have you seen that, Don? Oh no! (laughs) It's uh with oh uh, Daniel Radcliffe uh, plays a corpse that farts a lot. (laughs) And there's a guy stranded on a desert island, and a body washes up, and the body, while turgid, well dead, is cogent to some degree and also very very gassy which he uses strategically to his advantage though i, like I say only having okay. seen the trailers i look my my stuff to watch list is so far behind i am just about to finally watch a film that was recommended to me no less than 25 years ago uh and i do plan to tell the person once i finally watch it that film being uh, harold and maude which I understand is a classic. I just have never made myself sit down and Same stop thing. Same. and watch it. And I, I very much want to. Well, 
if it shows up on a Cinefix list, for those who watch the the Cinefix YouTube channel, and if you don't, you should, um, just hearing that that great announcer voice telling me a movie is good, I'm like, oh, it must really be good. Yeah, have you seen that, Don? Yeah. Harold Maude? Yeah, like in 1974 yeah, it was from 71, it came so. out. Yeah. That yeah. was close. Well, yeah, you could certainly yeah. have seen it in 74. I don't remember it. <laughs> I probably saw it in 75, you know, but I was seven, what, uh, seven. So yeah, it, I don't, I don't remember. That's like it. when I saw, I'm not uh, sure that's the sort of film a seven year old should watch, but the standards were very different back well, then. Yeah. My parents were very standardless. <laughs> my, yeah, back it's, then. I, I, not, not offensively, but like, you know, you, you can watch whatever is on and we will discuss yeah. it with you. Yeah, that's like a good I, approach. I so, got taken to yeah. Rocky Horror when I was probably seven or eight. Start him off young. <laughs> Did they throw bread at you? No, I was I was in the back I was toast. in the background. Was it toast? So it was toast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I, I was kind of put in the back row and <laughs> that's and that's where I stayed and I watched it and then I fell in love with it and I bought the soundtrack on on uh, on on an album and uh, not eight track. I mean, cause I had the, I had other things on eight track at that time. So this is classy. Wasn't there copyright problems with that, that it, it didn't come out for a very long time. Oh, uh, it was, or, Oh no, sure. I'm thinking of heavy metal. Oh, oh yeah. Heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. The copyright for that was, I think they're still in litigation about it. <laughs> at least no it's doubt. not owned. At least it's not owned by the Weinstein company. It's probably owned by Disney. Every other goddamn oh, thing for fuck's is. Sake. Damn mouse. <laughs> I, uh, I I detest Disney, which is part of the Disney reason I don't have Disney Plus. Disney sent a cease and desist letter to an influencer who looks like Tom Hiddleston as Yogi, as Loki. Oh Jesus! He just happened. He like slicked his hair back. He's got jet black hair and pale skin and good bone structure. And I think he had like green contacts in. And, and that was the sum total of it. No horns, no costume, nothing. That was the sum total of it. And he got a cease and desist letter from the House of Mouse. Like, I, this is my face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's kind of similar to somebody else's face. <laughs> this was pre-installed. Yeah. <laughs> Before you even order. started making Loki movies. <laughs> I didn't order it. It came with the meal. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, this is the Happy Meal version of me. So. Yeah. <laughs> The, litig- the litigation with that entity is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, this part of the, I, I, because I, I watched all the, the Marvel shows on Netflix when they were there. And then after the whole Disney Plus thing and they went away, and I was I'm like, fuck Disney. So <laughs> even though I did, just, even though boot, I did just do a dispute, like the rest of us, <laughs> even though I did just do a debate on Disputed about, uh, and uh, where I was advocating for, uh, Donald Duck. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can I can debate up a storm uh, if you ever need to fill oh, a spot, even at, even uh, at short notice. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we God, um, yeah once so this is, so disputed. <laughs> let me tell you the disputed came to me as uh, from my partner on disputed. Um, Demond, who also is, does Demond does podcast as well as a different world podcast. So he came Are to you me. Like Stan Lee, where you can't handle more than one letter, you have to just the names always have to start with the same letter. Yeah, Demond, Dean, Disputed, Don. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> it means it means it's less for me to remember. Yeah, but right. but uh, but yeah, uh, my name's actually Al. <laughs> he just can't, you be, can asked. Call me he can't Al. be asked to remember it. But uh, he came to me and he said. You know, you should do a, a, a debate on uh, during in you know in between seasons now of what do like like Wayne versus Shorzy 
And my brain just kind of kicked in and said, this could be more than just letter kitty. <laughs> And so it's just kind of gone on from there. And so like, our, uh, we, yeah, we did, we did Luke Skywalker versus Harry Potter. We did Donald Duck versus Daffy Duck. We just did Axel Foley versus Mike Lowry. And now we're going to wrestlers. We're doing Sting versus The Undertaker. So that's the one that's coming up. Well, uh, without delving into the logic, I just have to, from my heart, say Undertaker. Just <laughs> all day, all day. You know, Sting came and went. Undertaker. God love you, Mark Calloway. Just, just, you can rest now. It's all right. <laughs> oh, you're done. Oh, St- Sting is Sting is still wrestling. Is he? Yeah. yeah has he been consistent? Has yeah. he been? Hey, has he been uninterrupted throughout though? Well, and not I for mean, the length of time that uh, that Mark Calloway has been the Undertaker. I know the man's Mark goddamn Calloway name. Was- so yeah, I, I'm ready. <laughs> right. I'm ready. Put but, me in, coach. <laughs> but but Mark Calloway was only wrestling once a year. So that could also be, you know, a, a time period that he wasn't wrestling. So he was only technically wrestling at WrestleMania for the last 15 years or more. Yeah. Cause he's uh, in his late fifties and that lifestyle is not conducive to good living in your later years. Oh no. (laughs) Well, I'm sting is older. Sting is 62, 63, 63. Yeah. 62. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised because I was nineties early aughts. Cause I know fuck all about wrestling since, I mean, from the last I watched any wrestling was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the giant. So bonus, bonus fact, I actually have many about Andre the giant. He had (laughs) 48 teeth. His teeth, his teeth were the same size (laughs) as a person of average height. But just to compensate, his body made half over again as many. He was drafted into the French <laughs> army uh, and then immediately released when it was obvious that no uniforms, materials, <laughs> or even cots could accommodate him. They're like, we can't, what we're going to do, put you in a foxhole? Get the fuck out of here. You know? Yeah. They, uh, there was a, when I, because I was in the army and there was a guy in my unit who had size, I want to say it was size 17 feet and they could not find boots to fit him. <laughs> so they, they actually, he had to go, he got reimbursed, but he had to get custom made boots basically that would fit him. So, and then they, the, cause also, you know, uh, we have to, we, when, when I was in, I'm sure they still do it. Uh, we had to have, uh, uh, anti chemical gear. And, uh, he, the, the, cause you, and you, there's, there's rubber boots you have to pull over your existing boots. And so he had, they, they had to find some other weird kind of boots for him to put over his boots to do that. So yeah, it's, uh, how tall was he? Do you remember? He wasn't that tall. He was probably, I mean, he's probably about no, as was, tall as me. I'm six one. Yeah. I, he, so I, I, he was probably, he was probably about the same height as me. I'm six one. Ladies and statistically <laughs> speaking, some of the gentlemen, <laughs> he, 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 you're saying he had a good understanding. <laughs> he had a, he, I'm saying he had a kickstand. He, his, he was a, a very. <laughs> you may call me Mr. Tripod. <laughs> he had a. He had a. He, had, he was. Uh, he, good. Good. Up. Good foundation. Uh, <laughs> very stable. It's got a knee. It's got a knee in it. <laughs> it will not tilt. Um, <laughs> so, what's next for you, Moxie? Oh, dinner, probably by the looks of it, but <laughs> got to feed the cats first. Oh, can I come over? I'm hungry. My wife's out of town. <laughs> oh, no. Sun- I, I'm the lazy, one who do it. Lazy I do Sunday, all, the all you get is uh, frozen pizza around here. And besides oh. which, I go back to keto tomorrow. You don't want to be oh. here. I don't want to be here, but <laughs> I, I have what we call the other COVID-19, which is the weight you gain 
uh, sitting home ordering DoorDash <laughs> all the time. And particularly when, uh, like myself, you've gone through the change mm. during uh, lockdown and your metabolism, well, if it's on a numeric scale, it's about a one out of a hundred. So, yeah, got to get this marshmallowy goodness back under control. <laughs> That's good for cuddling. So, <laughs> it's, it it, winter's it, coming. Winter's coming. Winter is coming. That's true. And I did not get it. Oh, my. No, wait. <laughs> you have to have a little bit of extra to make it through winter. Look, we don't That's know what's just... going to happen to the economy, okay? So learn how to grow food. <laughs> learn how to how to can shit and uh, start eating your neighbors now. You know, don't wait for I it to get to I was just going to say, don't <laughs> choose your neighbors wisely because some are going to be you gaming. chew your neighbors wisely? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Blend them for all I care. Uh, you, need, you need a good Vitamix for something like that. And just make sure you stay away from the central nervous system. It's actually, by and large, perfectly safe to consume other humans. Where you run into problems is when you consume uh, large portions of nerve or the spinal column or the brain. Then you find yourself with a condition called Kuru, which you see uh, highlighted in one scene of the Book of Eli, amazing movie that that was, Mm. where the old folks have the shakes right because it's a degenerative neurological condition which was first isolated in a tribe in papua new guinea who practiced funereal cannibalism they consume the body of their dead as part of their their mourning ritual it returns them the person to the community and then spreads them throughout the community however they eat all of the person that includes the central nervous system, and thus, and then they, you know, you eat the person who ate the other person's central nervous system, and that's how you get Kuru. See, this is uh, <laughs> one, the, the, one hopes. The, the problem is, is most of most of the rich don't have nervous systems. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Well, you see, it's uh, with the rise of the Delta variants and the the incidence of breakthrough cases, we need to maintain social distancing. So we're going to have to go back. Uh, when the revolution comes, the guillotine may not be our best method. We're going to want a trebuchet mm-hmm. or, oh. in effect, yeet the rich. Yeet, <laughs> yeet the rich. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So then, so then, what you're, what you're, what, what we're alluding to here is the fact that that pumpkins will no longer be chunkened, <laughs> and it will be the rich that are chunkened. Well, you will want the pumpkin the, just to calibrate the trebuchet at the well, beginning, because you per- want to make yes. sure he's gonna, they're, they're gonna land where you threw him, because mm. then we can also get a betting pool going to raise a little bit of money on the side. Yeah, there's and there's a particularly pumpkin-colored individual that I would love to put in there. So indeed, <laughs> we could lay out a yes. huge grid like Cal Bingo for anyone who's lived in a sufficiently country place to know what that what that is. Yep. And yeah, wherever the majority of the contest. splatter lands, because a human being at speed turns into a hef- hefty bag full of vegetable soup. Uh, <laughs> so whatever square has the greatest concentration by weight of human remains, uh, the person who bet on that, uh, let's say they get a $50 Walmart gift card. <laughs> Buy your raffle that would be, now. There you go. That would be so fitting. Walmart would be fantastic. <laughs> I am nothing but a giant skin bag full of sweet bread. <laughs> and if if and when it's Bezos, then you get an Amazon gift card. <laughs> He's bony. He'll stick He'll spear. in the ground He'll like spear a fucking like a javelin. Dog. It'll be great. Yep. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's okay because then you could you know make stuff out of his bones. Yep. Get, get some, some good out of him. Just bear in mind, this man every day wakes up and makes the decision 
not to be Batman. <laughs> exactly. He wakes Sorry, up every day and makes the decision not to be Santa Claus. He has Listen, everyone's he's... home address and knows what shit they like. And more money than and more money than Mansa Musa could have spread over all of Africa. Mm-hmm. That's one for the history buffs I'm there. Not, um, aware of that one. <laughs> yay! I like hanging out with smart people. Uh, so every I day, history. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are dumbest. <laughs> We're not, we're not brain shaming you here. I'm smart. Smart. Noise. We all have our own gifts and we all contribute in our own way. Just some of us more than others. just got a participation award. No, you got. Participation podcasting awards. You got most improved. I have to remind myself that I'm awesome awesome. all the time. You're awesome like a bottle of sriracha. And, spi- just, and equally spicy. Equally spicy. <laughs> Meaning surprisingly oh. not very much at all anymore. Yeah, we're we're, we're, that, we're that used to be the guys. top end, you know. <laughs> well, there's so, a there's a reason that hot sauce has become such the thing that it's been in the last ten and twenty years. It's because a large chunk of the American population is getting into middle age. And as we're in middle age, and I unfortunately am saying we here, uh, <laughs> we begin to lose taste buds. And we need stronger flavored foods, saltier, spicier foods to get the same taste. Not dissimilar from the way food tastes very bland in an airplane where the air pressure and (laughs) quality means that you just can't taste or smell as well. So that is one of the reasons that people now, uh, well, excuse me, not people, but douchebags, uh, take their own hot sauces with them to restaurants or when they're eating over at a friend's house or whatever. Don't be that guy. They have hot sauce. Even if it's Frank's, just eat it and shut up. Yeah, I... I can't even believe the people that I know that do that. And it's, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm beside myself all the time when I, oh, hang on. Here's my, here's my, they've got the Vark sauce and my, they, they have the, uh, what's that, what's that thing with the bullets that you, uh, where they've got all their hot sauces in there. <laughs> so, I should have come up with that yes. faster because that's one of Bondo's nicknames because my cats have names that get longer rather than shorter, <laughs> as I think many pets and many cats do. So he's he's gone from Bondo to Bondolier to Bondolium. What's what's Bean's my, full my name? Bondsman. Oh, it changes every time I try and think of it. It's benevolent something or other. Oh, is it an acronym? Because uh, our, no, our Roddy it's... Mix is, uh, she's named Vera. She's named after a 103-year-old woman that used to come to our burlesque shows. I'll tell you about more her more in a second. But then that became a backronym, which is an acronym you come up with after the fact, for a very exceptionally ridiculous animal. <laughs> Though her full name and title is Dame Verona P. Rottweiler, PCDBE. And I said to my husband... Uh, when I, after I announced that, I said, you can decide what the P stands for, her middle initial. And he thought for a second, and then he said, Quaaludes. <laughs> Perfect. The P stands uh, the P for Quaaludes. Well, it, yeah, the, it, they're minding the P's and Q's. <laughs> I mean, could, what else would it <laughs> It could have been Petunia. It could have been something lovely. It could have been Patience. My mom was trying to name her her daughters after the virtues. Uh, she only managed to get a hope and a mercy out of it. And I'm really grateful because I was going to be charity, chastity, or temperance. Mm. And high school was bad enough. Charity, dick, and chastity, dick. Indeed. <laughs> no, I felt that episode, rest assured. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Dodge, dodge the bullet. But I would like to tell you about Vera because this is this and performing for George R.R. R. Martin is like, these are the two 
things I accomplished in life. And if they're the thing, only things I'm remembered for, I can die happy. Um, we were doing one of our Jim Henson tribute shows called The Lovers, The Dreamers, and Me. Uh, you know, it's like the Muppets, but with our tits oh, out. Great name. Yeah. And uh, there was a little old lady with her family, and I, I was going around um, sell, trying to sell raffle tickets at intermission and uh, talk, making chit chat. And the little old lady's daughter mentions uh, that she's 100 and then 102. I'm like, oh my God, I thought she was 80. She looks she's great for 102. You're vertical. That's a start. Mm. And, she's, and she's still working. I'm like, Oh my God! Where are you? do you volunteer at the library? When he's still working, she says yes. I I sit in a chair by the door at the sperm bank, <laughs> and when the men are leaving, I say thank you for coming, oh, and God. I turn to look immediately look around for anyone else in the cast, and like called my husband. I called our MC, who's like a twenty year veteran road dog career comic, and I'm like Ray, get over here right now. You've got to Ray. This is Vera. Vera, please tell Ray what you do. <laughs> And, and that was when we like adopted this 102 year old woman as like our mascot, essentially. <laughs> and she, yeah, she would come to the shows when when she could. You know, uh, one time I don't remember where she got stickers from, but she stuck them on the front of her blouse uh, in the bosom region <laughs> and hid it under her cardigan. Her daughter didn't even know she had done it. And then when we went, <laughs> either during intermission or after the show, we got a picture with her. My husband is dressed as animal, and I am Super Grover. <laughs> Like you do. It's been the, the following year, uh, Jim Henson show. And she she uh, she said, you want to see my pasties? And opens up her, her sweater. All um, people give no fucks. <laughs> if, you, if you watch my TED Talk, she's in it. Oh, nice. that, that picture is, is in it. That's Vera. That's the original Vera. And when she got near the jumping off place, she wasn't able to come to the shows anymore. Oh. Um, so her daughter let me know. I think it's getting, I think we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, pick a day. And and he and I'll come out. Uh, when we'll do some. When we went, we took two of uh, our favorite routines that we knew she liked, and went and put up basically put on a burlesque show for Vera uh, in her living room, which was really great. But nobody told her home care nurse oh, we were Jesus. coming. <laughs> so the family's having a ball because we've known we've been known each other off and on for now a few years. We see them, you know, at shows on the regular. Uh, she didn't know what was going on, and Vera is a, was a shameless flirt right up to the end. And uh, my husband, Dante the Inferno, did his lumberjack routine. And that's lump from the, by the song uh, from Jackal. Very penis-oriented group, Jackal. <laughs> so if, if you if you heard the lumberjack song, you would be like, oh, yeah. I just know the lumberjack it, song for Monty Python. So. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this one has a chainsaw solo in it. But the, the last layer of his costume, okay, immediately when we're done, you listen, listen okay. to, uh, to Jackal. Uh, to Jackal lumberjack was song. like a... And it, 80s or 90s metalish kind yeah, of they, they, thing. Yeah, they were like one tiny blip. Didn't really make it. Yeah, they had one song and there was a chainsaw in it yeah. and that was it. And, and they probably spent the next 10 years opening for better bands. But uh, and, and count should count themselves lucky. But um, the last layer of his costume, it's a red uh, bandana. So it looks like his underwear is just a, just a red bandana for a loincloth with this big logging chain with a d-ring <laughs> hanging off the end of it which he can twirl like a tassel usually in either way he ends up with terrible bruising oh, I bet. um but but the, yeah then the viewer was like oh can i yank your chain and he's like sure and runs right up to her and she's pulling on it and the home nurse is like it turns to me and she's like you're okay with that i'm like yeah they're having a great time we're so fine with her I don't think my husband's gonna leave me for a 130 year old woman with jaundice in adult diapers <laughs> Yeah, if if, that's, if he does, that, that's a fetish. That's a fetish that would have been you know spoken hey, about Jared, long. Your before. fetish ain't nothing to fuck with. 
Jerry care yeah. fetish ain't nothing to be ashamed of, Wayne. Fuck out of here. And you know what? If you if you Google around for Dante the Inferno lumberjack, there's probably still a video up there somewhere. <laughs> like I still have a bunch of, of my stuff on my Vimeo, Vimeo.com slash Moxie Labouche. Bear in mind it's burlesque. You'll see a lot of me, but I have the same stuff everybody else has. So it's not uh... <laughs> Oh, my Chitara routine was a pretty proud moment. The best thing that we did though, ah, I segue right back into my own story. You see how I managed to hold the floor the entire time? You got it. Thought you were having a guest on, didn't you? Got you? It. you didn't know you were bringing your doom in the front door. Um, <laughs> the greatest thing I ever did in terms of, of creating something was um, our Jamie and Cersei Lannister routine, which is set to Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys soundtrack, which it I, I was 20 years between viewings of the movie and did not realize that song is throughout the entire film. They're almost, they're playing it almost mm. nonstop. Uh, well, when the sax guy isn't, isn't on, I hope I can be like Vera. Yeah, I know that's my life goal. <laughs> like you want to grow up. She was having, she was drinking um, black Russians with dinner, like right up until the week she died. So I have to attribute just eating whatever you want and and drinking black Russians and, and giving uh, no fucks. Key, key to, and zero fucks. Yeah. Well, when you're a woman, you're allowed to stop. You're officially allowed to stop giving fucks at forty. I have found it terribly liberating. It's it's lovely. Uh, but uh, no, we. I. It was my distinct privilege to produce the only George R. R. Martin approved Game of Thrones burlesque show. We were not the first. We were not even the best. We just tripped and landed in butter. And uh, he invited us out to his theater in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we got to play for the man himself. And Dante the Inferno did a routine as George R.R. R. Martin <laughs> in front of George R.R. R. Martin, where he's ban- bouncing on a trampoline uh, to the Todd R- Rundgren song, Bang the Drum. I don't want to work. I just want to play on the drum all day, alluding to the length of time we've been waiting for the book. And in the routine, he even fakes a heart attack because Mr. Martin is really (laughs) fucking sick of you people asking what's going to happen if he dies before he finishes. That's rude. Your mother raised you with Mm -hmm. no manners. Um, Stop fucking asking him that question. (laughs) So he fakes a heart attack then gives himself CPR and uh, gets up. And and, and Mr. Martin said he liked it. And so my husband carries in his wallet an iron coin of (laughs) bravos given to him by the hand of Mr. George R. R. Martin, which I know that if our house was on fire again and his wallet and my unconscious body were upstairs. I'm on my own. He's after the wallet. And I respect that. Yeah, I, Paul, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming you've, you've seen uh, or heard the Paul and Storm, George R. R. Martin, right? Like the wind. Oh, we almost did it. <laughs> we almost did it. But I was the only person who could play mm. guitar on, on cast. And you'll notice the, the not only the giant bunny ears, but also the grotesque face I just made. So we decided, you know what? That I was also, I was producing a national tour right. by myself. Mm. And we were putting together a documentary of the tour. Because I'm like, well, this is big shit. And we got to fi- start filming everything we're doing right now. I'm like, everybody film everything. Nobody films shit. And the people who did film anything refused to listen to my instructions when it came to file transfer and file names. So I got to sift through days on end of video files with vid004 <laughs> underscore 001. Please, God, kill me now. And edit a full-length documentary on a computer that lacked the processing capacity to hold more than one scene at a time so each scene in the film was its own work file so it took 
think, 19 hours to finally export the finished file. That's how bad this computer was. It was 10-year-old secondhand from a call center. It had no power to start with, <laughs> let alone being... It was before the the processors even had generation numbers. This shit was old, even in, in 2015 when I was doing this. Um, so if you ever watch The King's Road, A Journey to George R.R. R. Martin, which, hey, send me a message. I'll, I'll send it to you on Google Drive. Um, from scene to scene, the volume level oh, is not normalized. A surprise <laughs> for everyone because I couldn't do the only thing I could do with the complete file on the computer was to export. I couldn't do anything else because it would have just died. <laughs> yeah, I, was... I know because it did many, many, yeah. many times. So I know better. I've got a better computer. Maybe someday I'll go back and uh, go back and fix it, make it up good. Uh, the intro is really great, and the the outro is really great. The the, the start and the conclusion are immaculate. Wow. The middle seventy <laughs> minutes is a little weaker, but those first and last ten. That's I mean that's how that's how they got you at Star Wars. So <laughs> start strong and finish strong. Yeah, because that's all that people are going to remember, and then you bury the weaker performances in the in the middle, and yeah, exactly. Just always like, make sure like there's a, Tom always make sure there's entire a strong career. One. Yeah. <laughs> Always make sure there's a strong performance before you go to intermission so people come back for act two. Because you still got to sell <laughs> raffle tickets and try to get tips. Still raffle tickets. Like like Dolly Parton said, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> I love her story, and she's such an awesome person. Everything about her is amazing. Uh, and here's a nice, something I would like to see happen. And I, you know... I'd have to be a member of the Q continuum oh, to, to pull this off. But, you know, if there's a, a just and loving God in the world, maybe... I would like to see uh, St. Mm. Dolly and uh, Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, mm. cosplay as each <laughs> that other. That would be awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. Would that yeah. not be just the That would pinnacle? be a very tall Dolly, though. Because <laughs> I think Cassandra's probably got like four inches on Dolly. She's usually, well, she's usually oh, wearing true. heels, if that's not true. platforms. And she was once the lead singer in an Italian punk band. Yeah, I've seen some of those those old pictures of her. Yeah. Yeah, do you see why I had to start doing a fact and trivia podcast? I just have all this, all this shit up yeah, there. That's... Yeah, just waiting to come out. So you're, you're gonna have to. Uh, next time you're out here, we'll go do a geeks who drink trivia and, and walk away with uh, all the booze. Wait a minute, geeks, geeks, yes, drink geeks trivia? who drink trivia, Col- comma trivia, or in you know. Okay. Capitalized right. during quotation marks. Geeks right. who drink trivia. Separated. You got to right. keep them somehow, separated. Somehow separated. He needs an M dash. <laughs> now. You got to keep them separated yeah. now. Now. Right meow. Meow. <laughs> you know what? You know what I love about Offspring? I know a lot of people, like, they don't like Offspring because it all sounds the same. That's what I love about them. That's what I wanted. I wanted to listen to an Offspring song. They all sound like <laughs> Offspring songs. I'm happy. It's like James Bond movies. You know, it, we may we may think we're tired of the formula, but if they go off the formula, oh, we don't like that. We don't like no. that. We want the James Bond experience we've had, you know, the whole time. Give us the, uh, in some way, unattractive villain, the uh, hot good guy, hot good girl, the hot bad girl, and a whole bunch of gadgets and, and some car chases. We're and, really and very money easy. Penny. Money Penny has to be there. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> Money Penny. Money Penny and Q. And then, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, I got to say, while, while a big classic Python fan, I was not super happy oh. with Lisa's character. I don't. I mean, we can't do anything about Doug Llewellyn dying. And uh, 
did you know he died in a car crash? I just assumed he died of old age. No, just, wow. He was 85. I figured he died in his sleep. Nope, he died in a car crash. Yeah, I'm, yeah. well, I, I've, I've got my issues with, with Cleese anyway, but <laughs> yeah. He's a bit big yeah, for his britches. I mean, he supports J.K. Rowling and all her turfism and... It, He's like he's just, he's an old he's a white male in his seventies. Why are we putting so much stock by him just because he used to walk yeah. in a silly fashion and say amusing things with a uh, yeah? I, I just uh, you know I, I it, it's dead. What's he done I, for I me kinda, My my view is that the, the all these people, John Cleese, John Cleese, aluminium, my, my his mother to America, his letter to America my, was my, pretty funny. John Cleese, yeah. my mother, my father. I mean, all these people who are that age. They've lived through the entire civil rights movement <laughs> and didn't learn a fucking thing. So, it, not a goddamn so, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's doing a thing yes. on BBC Four about cancel culture. I'm like, it's not cancel. It's oh it's, yeah, it's, I saw about it's that. It's coincidences. Like, and, and that's also, what it, I mean. Not co- cancel culture. Consequences a, is what I'm yes. say. It is a consequences for your actions and B largely exists only Mm. on Twitter. And, you know, there's a really great XKCD uh, strip that I've got saved on my computer because I seem to need it a lot um, about uh, freedom of speech and how it actually means, you know, that the government can't stop you from speaking. But everyone else can say that you're an asshole and we're showing you the door. That's nothing to do with your rights or your freedom of speech. You're an asshole and we're showing you the door. And if we don't like you, we're not giving you, you know, we're not no. giving you money. Like I'm told that Chick-fil-A no longer gives money to hate groups, but I'm not having nope. that salty, soggy nope. sandwich anyway. Nope. So, Unfor- Unfortunately, every time I drive by one. There oh, is still a line out There's of the parking line. lot, out of there the parking lot, making traffic terrible in that location. Stick figure decals, <laughs> soccer moms, laugh, laugh, laugh. It's wine thirty. The Sat- Satan's Trinity, <laughs> live, laugh, love. Oh yes, yes. Wine as a personality <laughs> trait. That's another. That's another big one. Yes, very. The just the most basic mm. of bitches. And uh, I did enjoy altering my seven-year-old niece's worldview uh, when she asked if we could go to Chick-fil-A. And I explained very gently uh, that why that's bad. Because a seven-year-old in this day and age mm-hmm. knows what gay people are. Sure. And she knows right. that there's nothing wrong with it. And, uh, and now I think hopefully she lectured her mother. <laughs> she probably didn't win. She probably still ate the sandwich. But just hopefully she annoyed my sister for just a minute. I, you know, that that's something I just don't understand. It's a fucking chicken sandwich. It's, it's not a, even a good one. It, But it's just a chicken sandwich. And there's been all this hullabaloo about chicken sandwich. Oh, chicken war, chicken sandwich wars. No, I, I, no, I ran out of time to watch. It's a chicken sandwich. Well, the latest food theory, I don't want to name check Matt Pat again. I, this man's going to owe me money before long. Um, but it was something to do with all the restaurants suddenly doing uh, chicken sandwiches, but I was rushing to get ready uh, for filming because uh, I hadn't realized that we had a visual <laughs> component uh, to the recording. So, yeah, clean shirt and hair and bra and whatnot. And, of course, my banner. I'm going to pay for it. I might as well get some use out of it. Uh, so I, I didn't get to watch it, but it's downstairs in the history. Effectively, I've made no point here, but uh, at least I wasted some of your time. Wait, we're on video? Just a little bit. Just, just your part. Shit. 
<laughs> it's all you. It's all you, baby. There you go. Yes, there you demonstrate. Go. Suck it in. <laughs> Are you wearing your pasties? <laughs> yeah, I need your pasties. Can yep. you spin them in the same? <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in, yeah, no, I can't. And you can, you can change the way your tassels spin by lifting or lowering your arms. <laughs> that determines whether, it, if you're spinning by bouncing, not by shimmying, which is shaking uh, side mm-hmm. to side or in an arc, if you're, if you're, Tassel twirling by bouncing. I think if you raise your arms, they go mm-hmm. over and inward. And if your arms are down, it goes up and over. So it goes Does the same thing happen if you're in Australia? <laughs> yes, because the Coriolis effect. No, they impel. Not... <laughs> they impel you and and dig into your skin. Yeah, because the Coriolis effect does not actually alter the way that water goes down a drain. It's one of those most disappointing fact corrections I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. Uh, see, see, so it's, it's all about which, which, uh, how much of your, your, your brain on facts is correcting things like, like the whole, uh, uh, I mean, like a lot. That's part of like the, the pop culture of the stuff. Like, you mean whether you got Richard Gere with the gerbil up his ass, and um, all these things that are legendary uh, of you know um, Tom Cruise being a good <laughs> actor, uh, Rod Stewart swallowing yeah. some number of gallons of yeah. Semen. No, I don't. Go, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't go after that type of stuff as much. Though I did. I did one about um, the Twenty Seven Club and the curse of the white Bic lighter, which. Bick did not make a white disposable lighter when some of the people who supposedly had one on them when they died. Like a lot of musicians, for those who haven't heard of it, a lot of mu- superstitious musicians won't carry a white uh, Bick lighter on their person and they definitely won't take one on stage with them in their pocket because certain celebrities have supposedly died and had a white Bick lighter in their pocket. But some of the celebrities listed on that urban legend died before Bick made a white disposable uh, cigarette lighter. So pretty easy to debunk. A lot of the show is actually, yeah, about straightening out people. The original tagline was things you didn't know, things you thought you knew, and things you never knew, you never knew. Because um, I use a phrase in the the foreword of the book version of cemented apocrypha. The one version that got copied into the next series of textbooks that got copied by other textbooks and becomes the truth. George Washington mm-hmm. and the cherry tree. That was made up by his biographer, and we have a pretty good reason to believe that since it didn't appear till the fifth edition of the book. <laughs> it wasn't like it was in the first edition. He could make a good case, but he added it in much, much later. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, Columbus being the only person who thought the world was round, everybody knew it was round. They were pretty okay with it. We'd known since ancient Greece, but he thought it was smaller, pear-shaped, and had a nickel on top. (laughs) He was trying to prove his math about Mm. the circumference of the earth, not about the the roundness of it. Interesting. And of course, he was, you know, Mm. a genocidal maniac. Yeah. And Virginia is, I'm, I'm proud to say, one of the states that no longer has Columbus Day. We have Indigenous Persons Day. It is a drop in the bucket, not nearly enough. Uh, especially considering in in uh, 1960, I think it was it was declared that the Monacan tribe did not exist, and so any 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 mothers of Monacan uh, Indian native descent trying to fill out birth certificates for their children had to list them just as colored. 
because the, the state did not recognize the, the continued existence of the Monacan tribe, despite the fact that we have Monacan High School and Monacan this and Monacan that. We just, it's like the suburbs where we bulldoze all the trees and then name yeah. the streets after yep. them. Which I, 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 is a, a sentence I've borrowed from the uh, Boondocks <laughs> comic strip. Just one that's stuck in my mind from 20, Such 25 years ago. The apartment, the apartment complex being called Whispering Pines, <laughs> and there's no pine anywhere near that any pine. Of them. And listening to your neighbors, the they do not whisper. Brick. Yeah. No, that's the sound of your upstairs neighbor and, and their incontinence. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I, I, we're, we're kind of at a wrap up point here. Uh, so what I would like to do, Moxie, if you could just, you know, re- recap. Re- yeah. Good luck editing uh, this uh, into a cohesive conversation. Editing. What's that? Uh, I'll run it through some audio processing. Wait, there were rails? <laughs> Where are we going? We don't need rails. We do, we do <laughs> rails? I can, I mean, I rails. Can. So, yeah, if you want to. We don't need no stinking rails. Uh, replug your stuff and tell us what's coming up next, what we should be paying attention for, all that stuff that you've got going on before we uh, before we bow out of here. Well, as I have flogged previously, we ha- I have the uh, Your Brain on Facts podcast available on all podcast players, so be sure you listen to that after you've finished the entire back catalog of Podskewer. There is also the associated book. You can get on an Amazon, but you're a better person if you buy it from your local bookseller. And I also do corporate voiceover, everything from phone menus to explainer videos, social media ads, uh, e-learning, and uh, what I want most from that, if anyone listening works in media and marketing or knows someone who does. Those are the industries that generate videos and the videos need voiceover. Or if you work in e-learning, I would love to connect with you. Please, 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 please give me work and let me get off Fiverr. (laughs) It is a soulless race to the bottom recording not English sentences, English words, but not English sentences, and having to make them sound just as good as the stuff that people get paid proper money to do. So please, please, please save me, save me, rescue me. I know we've just met and this is crazy, but save my career. Uh, you know, get me off a of fiver. I didn't, couldn't make that rhyme. Sorry. You, so can, call me you, can, you can check out the VO stuff on, uh, you can check out the VO stuff on moxielabouche.com. Yeah. Great stuff. I mean, you know, listen to her show, read the book, everything, get it all. Uh, Don, you got anything? Um, Get your shots, wear a mask in public, and don't uh, be a dick. Don't, don't be a dick. Exactly. Wheaton's law is always yes. in effect. Will Wheaton. <laughs> Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Before we, before, we, uh, before we shut it down, may yes. I share with you, you may. my all-time favorite joke? What do you get when you cross a cow and an octopus? What's that? A stern rebuke from the ethics committee and an immediate cessation of all funding. <laughs> I use that joke to separate the wheat from the chaff in social circles. <laughs> if you left, you may stay. That's yeah. I like. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it just kind of reminds me of Carl Sagan and the when he was helping fund uh, dolphin studies and. The, the the scientists that ended up working with the dolphins were having sex with the dolphins, and oh, was that the one in the partially submerged house? Yes, or I think so. Well, no, no, no they were in a they were in a lab, but yeah, because there was one where the lab was essentially like picture the f- a floor plan drawing of a house, but like half walls, like knee walls, mm. and flooded, and a dolphin is swimming around. 
No, this I was, really yeah. forget what the thought was behind it, but unfortunately, <laughs> the dolphin developed really intense feelings to the human since it was mm. it had only the humans to interact with, and uh, as with most aquatic mammals in captivity, it went badly. But we'll just leave it at that. And if you Google it in your own time, I'm not responsible for your therapy. There you go, or your well, new porn addiction. <laughs> Oh, come on. Now, we've been on the internet long enough to know we all read the How to Have Sex with Dolphins manual. Everybody did. If, you were, if, if you've been on since the Usenets and the BBSs, wow. you found it, you read it, you possibly read it over the phone to a friend who did not want to hear it like I did. <laughs> That's maybe why I'm so good at a cold read. I've been reading out loud on a cold read for a long time now. Yeah, I uh, You're not no. better than me. Shut up. <laughs> Moxie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me chew your ears right the hell off for an hour and 45 minutes. Of course. And with that, as we like to say, eat bacon, pet dogs, and give hugs. Ah, we would like to thank Moxie LaBouche for joining us today. Please check out our show, uh, Your Brain on Facts, on all of the podcatchers. All of our info can be found on our show notes. Also, we would like to thank Still Pluto and Crowander for our intro and outro tunes. You can find Still Pluto and Crowander on Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, and freemusicarchive.org. We'll see you again next week. Take care, people. 